Chaplain Like said, uh, I'd like to do something different. He said, don't want you to preach. I'd prefer preaching. <laughs> he said, I want you to go to the book of Stelting and tell us a story. So I began looking in my, in my uh, filing account, the one that you can't see but I can. Uh, I asked myself about Christmas. I grew up on a farm in southeast Kansas, a, a bleak sort of place. Uh, if, if there had been social workers around, I would have known how poor we were, but I, I, they weren't around. And, I didn't know we were poor. I thought that's the way everybody lived. My earliest recollections of Christmas, just a dim snapshot almost, a short vignette was driving a pedal car around the kitchen table and into the, the living room past the cast iron heating stove, uh, snapping and crackling because we burned something called Bodark or hedge tree. Some of you would know that. Others, you have no recollection to understand that. And there was my dad with his arms wide open waiting for me to come, smiling at the joy he must have seen on my face. That's all just that much. A few months later, that house burned down and burned up everything except one chest that my dad drug out of the fire on a Sunday afternoon that contained the most precious memory things that he and mom had. Uh, I'm sure that pedal car went with it. Grew up on that dairy farm. I don't remember other things. I do know in around 1950, no, 1960. 1960 was a very hard year. And, and that year, uh, my brother went out on his own, got married, and dad and mom helped them as much as they could. My, my Christmas gift that year was a pair of white tube socks and a cardboard box of little plastic beads to put on a plastic string. And somehow, somehow that was just right because, because I was able to contribute in some way to my little sister's Christmas by not needing so much. And then we went out and milked the cows. You milked the cows every, every day on a dairy farm. Don't remember a lot of other things. In 1966, our first Christmas together, my wife and I, I gave her a Volkswagen Beetle, blue. She still has it in a toy box somewhere. I'm not <laughs> sure. But I told her I was going to get her a Volkswagen and saved a lot to pay the 395 at that thing cost. Let's see, 19, 1990 or 91, my wife and my younger son wrote the song that will be part of my story tonight. So, so you see, there's not a lot, of, a lot of good story material there, so I decided to do something more original. So I'm going to read to you tonight a story entitled Christmas in the Box. 
So here we go. Angela was tall for an 11 year old girl and that was good because she could stand at the front of the gift shop and look past the window display into the street outside. By now the Christmas Eve crowds of last minute shoppers were gone. The streets were almost empty and the snow had finally stopped. The white everywhere gave a special shine to the light and inside the shop the lights were dim. Everyone had gone home, everyone but Mama and Angela, of course. The shop manager had wanted the store ready to open on the day after Christmas and had asked Mama if she would take down the Christmas display in the window for extra money. Mama had said yes and Angela had come to help with that chore. Angela tilted her head just a little. Light came through the window and the sparkle flashed into a dozen different colors. The street lamp outside beamed crystal clear through the window at the front of the gift shop and when that light touched a bit of ice on the window, the beam quickly showed its Christmas colors. Mama was tall too and, and that was good because, because she could reach the top of the Christmas tree in the display without a stepladder. Here Angela, said Mama, take this angel and put it in the, oops, a Christmas ornament fell off the tree but didn't break. Instead, instead it landed on a sloping piece of cotton cloth, then rolled across the wooden floor. Angela chased it giggling at the way it wobbled as it rolled because of the pointed hat on one end and the hook on the other end. It stopped finally against the teddy bear shelf. Carefully she picked it up and carried it back to the stack of boxes that Mama had taken out to the store, all the decorations from the display. We'll use most of these things again next year, Mama had said. Put that bulb away, then come get this angel, Angela. Mama laughed because it sounded funny that her angel should help with the angel. Where do I put it, Angela asked. It's boxes on the railing. You'll know it when you see it, Mama explained. It's just the right shape and just the right size. It took only a moment to find the box. The ornament nestled into the molded plastic. The size and shape fit the ornament perfectly. Now the angel, urged Mama as she held it out. The box is over there, Mama gestured. She smiled. It's just the right shape and just the right size. One after another, the tree ornaments came off and were fitted into boxes. Angela and Mama played a bit of a game. Just the right shape and just the right size, Angela would chant. And Mama would reply, just the right shape and just the right size. Then the tree came down and it too went into a box that was just the right shape and just the right size but the game was beginning to lose its fun. The banners, pictures, coverings, everything was put away. Mama was tidying up when Angela noticed a stack of brightly wrapped boxes that had been under the tree in the window. Mama had moved them into a corner when she had started to take down the display. Mama, what about these? asked Angela. Oh, Mama answered slowly, we won't use those again next year. 
we need to take the ribbons, bows, and wrapping off the paper and off the boxes and throw those boxes away. Oh no, Angela's eyes grew large. Those are gifts. We can't just throw them away. Well, Mama looked at Angela with a little smile. If you would like to have them, they're yours. But you need to open them now. Angela's eyes grew even larger. For me, all these gifts? Yes, but you will need to open them now, Mama repeated. You do that while I finish up storing the boxes. We are almost done and Timmy and Daddy will be expecting us home soon. Angela started opening the first beautiful box. She carefully took off the bow, found where the ribbon had been taped together, removed and folded the festive wrapping and opened the box. It was empty. She was a bit astonished and almost said something to Mama. Instead, she repeated the process and opened the next box. It, too, was empty. She hesitated, then asked, Mama, are all the boxes empty? Mama nodded. Those are just props. They are not real gifts. They are there to be pretty in the window. Here, let me help. We're almost done. In a few minutes, everything was put away, and Mama turned away to make sure all was ready for the day after Christmas. Angela was quiet, thinking. And all the way home, she said very little, even though the moon had come out and brightened up the fresh snow, making the neighborhood still and beautiful. Mama hardly noticed because she was tired and was counting everything else she had to do at home before she could finish for the night. Tomorrow was Christmas, and there were still some important chores to do. At home, Daddy and Timmy were already back from the church. Daddy was a pastor, and he had helped with the living nativity scene. Timmy was Angela's eight-year-old brother, and he had too much energy and too many questions. Where have you been? What you been doing? Did you see the moon? Did you know the sheep ate the hem of the wise men's robe? On and on he went, and Angela needed to think. Now, Mrs. Barclay at the church had once looked at Timmy and said to Angela, I'm sure you're glad that God gave you such a wonderful brother. He must be a blessing to you. Mama said that Mrs. Barclay was such a saint. Angela came to the reasonable conclusion that one could be a saint without being very smart. <laughs> Timmy looked at Angela and asked another of his endless questions. What's the matter with you? You aren't saying much, and you're not pushing me around. Timmy, maybe you could answer a question for me. What is it that makes a Christmas gift a Christmas gift? Huh? Timmy blinked a few times. Oh, I see. Stuff. Stuff makes a gift a gift. Stuff? Angela echoed. Yeah, stuff. Stuff like a... A new basketball and Roger the Rocket Man and Lincoln Logs and an electric train. You know, stuff. Finished with his profound answer to a silly question, Timmy headed for the kitchen. After a short snack, Timmy asked if he could go to bed. The sooner I sleep, the sooner it will be Christmas morning. Angela came to another reasonable conclusion. You could be smart and still not be a saint. <laughs> While Daddy and Mama took Timmy to bed and said prayers, 
Angela cleared the table and began to put away Timmy's toys. She carried her own things to her room and changed into her pajamas. She lay back in bed and waited for Daddy or Mama to come and say goodnight prayers with her. Mama came. Daddy has a few chores to do, so I'll pray with you tonight, explained Mama. She looked carefully at Angela. Sweetheart, are you all right? You've been so quiet since we left the gift shop. I'm okay. I just need to think about something. Mama looked at her a moment, then nodded. Say your prayers, then go to sleep. Tomorrow morning is Christmas. This time the tiredness was forgotten, and her smile was happy and loving. Near the end of her prayer, Angela paused. And Heavenly Father, could you please answer my question about Christmas gifts? You know what I mean. Amen. Mama hesitated a bit before she added her amen. Angela, can I help you with your question? No, I just need to have God help me some more with this one. But would you sing me the Christmas lullaby? Mama's voice was clear and sweet. As she sang, sleep came to Angela, urging Christmas to come with the morning sun. Christmas is a time 
Angela slept and woke quietly, even though Timmy's eyes were just a few inches from her own. Come on, he turned as he spoke. Over his shoulder, he threw the challenge. Let's go get the stuff. Down the steps they hurried, only to stop when they remembered the family tradition. Sit down and we will hear the Christmas story. Then we will open our gifts. Daddy was firm about this. And even though Angela needed to see if her question had been answered, she truly liked to hear this story time after time. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Angela liked it when Daddy read from that old Bible. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Daddy's rich, strong voice continued about shepherds and the angels. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And ended with Mary pondering all the things in her heart. Then Daddy said a prayer of thanks for God's greatest gift of all, Jesus, the Savior. And then, the gifts. Timmy wasted no time, but Angela hesitated. She took the first box with her name on it. She lifted it, then turned it and listened while she gave it a gentle shake. She looked at Mama, removed the wrapping just as she had done in the gift shop the evening before, and opened the box. And in it was the most perfect music box with a brightly colored merry-go-round and horses that really moved up and down. Do you like it? Mama asked. Oh, yes, yes. I love the gift. But I am mostly glad that these gifts aren't just empty boxes like last night. I see, Mama said quietly as Angela turned to open another gift. For a long moment, she looked at her daughter. When all the gifts were opened and everyone was hugging everyone else, Angela even got a hug from Timmy, Mama held her a bit longer than usual. Did God answer your question, sweetie? Oh, yes. And what is interesting is that Timmy answered the question last night. Well, sort of. I, I asked him what made a gift a gift, and he said, stuff. In a way, he was right. A box is not a gift. That's just decoration and wrapping and cardboard. People may have songs and readings and prayers and things, but, but if Jesus is not in it, it's not really Christmas. And it's not really a gift. It's what is in the box that makes it a gift. Mama looks so proud. A Angela, you are growing so fast in your understanding. 
we celebrate a real Savior. His coming was real, his life was real, and his death, burial, and resurrection were real. It is possible to have pretty boxes that are empty when they are opened, but with Jesus, when you get past the wrapping, you find him. He is real. Angela hugged Mama again. Jesus is the most important gift of all. And you know what? My heart is the box that is just the right shape and just the right size for him. The end. And may you have a merry, merry Christmas. Would you stand with me for prayer? Lord God, how, how awed we are at your great gifts. What a wondrous, perfect plan it is that you would send Jesus for us. Lord, this time of year is so encumbered by so many things. Help us, Lord, to get past the things and find the reality. I'm glad for the celebrations and the songs. I am wonderfully glad for your word. Thank you for the fellowship of my brothers and sisters in Christ. But more than anything, thank you for coming into my heart and making me brand new. And now, Lord, would you make us remember you in the midst of it all. May our lives tell boldly to a hurried world that you and you alone are real. We pray in the name of the Jesus who came and is with us still. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas.